When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader. As London's trains, tube services and buses continue to get people around the city, the future of transport for London hangs in the balance. The firm's now received four short-term funding packages from the government to keep services running since it took a huge financial hit over the pandemic. Having passed the latest deadline in talks about that funding, TfL's update this afternoon, the discussions with the Department for Transport are ongoing. The firm also insisted it needs over £920 million to get through the rest of the year, as well as a long-term funding deal. But it's not the only correspondence from TfL today. It's also accused unions of undermining its bailout deal negotiations, with further threats of strike action planned for later this month. So, what does the near future hold for TfL? And could we end up losing bus, train and tube services in the capital? Joining me now is the Evening Standard's political reporter, Rachel Burford. So, Rachel, what do you make of TfL's latest update on the funding agreement? Yeah, so the Transport Commissioner, Andy Byford, has sort of said we're still in negotiations, essentially, and we hope they'll be concluded successfully soon. This isn't too much of a surprise when we've been sort of talking to sources in both camps, um, the government and TfL, they've sort of said this is, you know, a very complex agreement they're going through. They're going through it clause by clause. And it was likely that there may have to be a little bit of an extension to talks. The original deadline that the government gave was lunchtime today. But it looks like they are going to need a little bit of extension while they still sort of thrash out each clause of this bailout. And what about this letter from TfL to the RMT union warning about the consequences of strike action? How has the RMT responded? So in response to the letter, Mick Lynch has said RMT members um, have only asked for assurances about their jobs, pensions and working conditions. And the letter does not address that at all. The RMT acknowledges that TfL has been asked to make £2 billion worth of cuts 
um, but that the mayor, Sadiq Khan, should focus his attention on the government and not take it out on tube workers. Nick Lynch says, oh, we're prepared to work with TfL. Our members will not be sacrificial lambs on the altar of austerity. And there's obviously huge pressure on TfL to become financially sustainable by April 2023, as laid out by the government as a condition of this funding. Is it inevitable this will lead to cuts to services as well as price rises? Well, yes. I mean, TfL's position on this is, you know, they're already consulting on sort of 18% cuts to bus services in the capital. They have sort of talked about there may have to be cuts to tube lines, etc. And, you know, it's capital programmes, which includes things like, you know, replacing all the dilapidated Bakerloo line trains. They're going to be put under threat if they don't get the money that they need. And their argument has always been, you know, they are a major transport network in one of the biggest cities in the world. They should be getting money from central government, as many other cities do. So that is their position. Passenger numbers are still about 20% lower than they were pre-pandemic, so they're not getting that revenue in. And they've always slightly struggled to keep their heads above water in terms of funding. Um, I think Andy Byford has said they will need £927 million just to see out the financial year. And that is what a lot of the negotiation today with government is about. And Sadiq Khan has warned before that entire tube lines and up to 100 bus routes may need to be cut to keep TfL running. Is that still a possibility? Yeah, that that is what Sadiq Khan has warned. And City Hall has said they are consulting on cuts to services, cuts to bus services, cuts to tube services. But, I mean, TfL is always used a little bit of a political football between the Conservative government and the Labour-run City Hall. But it is in neither side's interest to see you know, huge cuts to our transport service in the capital, especially at a time when London's economy is still recovering from the pandemic. They do want to see people getting back to work, getting back to offices, to see central London thriving again. So, you know, both sides are threatening things at the moment. But in the end, they are sort of really thrashing out a deal that will hopefully be in the best interests of Londoners. Let's take a break now. In part two, Nick Bowes, CEO of Think Tank Centre for London, explains why TfL will struggle to become financially sustainable. So if you can't bring in any more money and the government's not prepared to give you any more money, TfL can't borrow any more money because there's, there's a limit on what it can borrow, you've got to cut your expenditure. 
Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Nick Bowes, CEO of Centre for London, joins me now. So, Nick, how would you summarise the situation facing TfL right now? It feels like we're trapped in some kind of never-ending story with uh, extended funding deals, temporary uh, bailout periods of a couple of weeks, discussions going to the wire. Um, But it doesn't really feel like we're making much progress. There does seem to still be quite a large gap between both sides and I think it's going to be some time yet until there's an agreement. The problem with that is that it does create an enormous amount of uncertainty. Londoners will be worried about what will happen to their buses, tubes and trains. Will they stop running at some point or you know will services deteriorate? For TfL itself it's a huge organisation, it's got a global reputation as a public transport authority it's gonna. It's already suffering from good people leaving because they're in no position to do any forward planning. They can't plan for the long term, which is absolutely critical when you're running a £12 billion public transport network with Victorian infrastructure. You've got to be constantly upgrading, maintaining your assets and planning ahead. They can't, at the moment, see beyond the end of the week because their funding situation is so uncertain and so much effort and time has been sucked into these negotiations. It's just distracting from many of the day-to-day things that you need to do when you're running a public transport network in a city like London. So what sort of factors have contributed to TfL being in such a tight financial situation? Very few, if any, similar public transport authorities for cities like London rely solely on fares income to maintain themselves. Nearly all of them have got some form of public subsidy in one form or another. Some of that comes from national government. Sometimes the regional or city government has got the power to levy and collect taxes itself. Now, London's in a position where it's got very limited powers to levy and raise taxes itself. And therefore, historically, it's tended to rely on support from government, both for revenue running costs, but also for capital investment. The revenue support disappeared before the pandemic. It went from about a billion pounds a year down to zero. And TfL was pretty close to being self-sufficient, actually, until the pandemic came along. But it is, as you said, it left it very exposed because it was nearly 70%, maybe a little bit more reliant on fares income. It didn't have a broad base of funding sources. So as soon as passenger numbers collapsed as they did during pandemic, it was obviously suddenly short of vast amounts of revenue. And we know the company's been given the challenge of becoming financially sustainable by April. So much of its revenue comes from tickets. How else does or can it make money? So if they are to be self-sufficient, there's a limit actually to how they can do that. They either do that by finding alternative funding sources, They could put up fares massively. Obviously, that actually can have a negative effect because it means fewer people travel. Um, They could try and generate more income from their commercial side through the the concessions and the shops that they have on their estate, through the development uh, of new housing on their land. And that will play a role, but it won't be enough to fill this gap. Um, Or they try and raise money through other sources. Now, the mayor has got one key power, and that is he's got road user charging powers. He uses them for congestion charge, for ultra-low emission zone, 
some kind of smart paper mile road user charging scheme, something Centre for London's been calling for for some time, could generate an enormous amount of money. Uh, it'd be controversial, there'll be a lot of people who won't like it, but it will help deliver on a number of objectives, tackling congestion, improving air quality, promoting active travel, but as I said, could generate a lot of income. But they can't just, you can't just flick the switch on that overnight. It's going to take a long time to bring in. No one's ever done it on this scale. You've got to go through lots of legal hoops. So you're talking two, three, four, maybe even five years before it starts bringing in any money. So if you can't bring in any more money and the government's not prepared to give you any more money, TfL can't borrow any more money because there's, there's a limit on what it can borrow, you've got to cut your expenditure. And that's this point that the mayor's made that there'll be the managed decline. We'll see a reduction in services. There'll be cuts to maintenance and investment. We'll see a deterioration of the network. There'll be no new schemes. We'll struggle to keep all of the ones we've got. And there'll just be a steady deterioration and decline. So, Nick, what is your prediction for what will happen with TfL in the next few months? So, I'm not a betting man, but... On the basis of where we've been these last couple of years, I still think we're just going to have a number of short-term funding deals over the next couple of months, maybe years. There's two factors at play, political factors. One, obviously, in early September, there's going to be a new prime minister. There'll be new faces at number 10. There'll potentially be a new transport secretary, maybe a new chancellor. I mean, that does change things, potentially. There may be opportunities there to actually just think afresh and step back, because I think you know, relationships between the current uh, people in government and City Hall TfL are obviously pretty soured. So that could be a chink of light. But I think the other thing that's kind of hanging over this is that it's now less than two years till the next mayoral election. There's going to be a Conservative government for probably for all of that period. You know, politically, I can't see why the government would want to do vast favours for a Labour mayor or a Labour city, actually, given that the political focus is still not in London. It's still in those red wall and those northern seats. So I think we'll probably see some shrinking of TfL. I think you'll probably see the mayor push ahead with some kind of road user charging scheme. And I think you'll probably see the government will have to put some capital money in to help with potentially building some new schemes or just maintaining the system as is because otherwise there's a real risk it deteriorates. And there's people in government who know, who know that London and its success is critical to the country. And if you undermine that by the transport system not working properly, you do risk that money drying up. And London and the South East are the only two bits of the country that contribute more in than they take back. And at a time when public finances are not in a fantastic shape, that'd be a big gamble. There's more news in the Evening Standards newspaper and online at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.